Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only podcast. Well actually, telling you a bit of a lie here, this is the added extra uh, to this week's show which is coming before the show itself. Uh, we recorded the show on Thursday lunchtime due to various factors and we didn't get a chance to edit it on Thursday afternoon. Uh, so it's actually now just gone midnight on Friday. I'm just about to start editing the podcast but... Uh, there has been news this evening, so uh, the National League released a statement around 7 o'clock on Thursday evening uh, announcing the results of the resolutions that were put forward. Uh, in summary, steps 1 and 2 were split. Uh, there were 21 votes in favour of doing that in the National League, uh, 16 in favour in the North and 9 in the South, all saying that they wanted that to do. That was enough for that resolution to pass. That meant that the National League and the National League North and South were being dealt with as separate entities. It went on. Seven teams in the National League decided that they wanted the season to be null and void. 13 were in favour of the season continuing. So that resolution has passed that the season will continue. So the resolution was actually not passed is the uh, correct term. But the season will continue for the National League. We do not know yet what will ha- what that means for Dover Athletic, who have said that they will not be fulfilling fixtures. Uh, so we await further news from that. Uh, and then Resolution 3, the National League North and National League South. This is the really, really contentious one. In National League North, 15 of the 22 teams voted in favour of stopping the season and making it null and void. In National League South, it was nine who voted for the season to be null and void and 12 for it to continue. Uh, That meant that a total of the vote was 24 in favour of null and void against 19 in favour of the season continuing. So by five votes, and let's face it, they are votes from teams in the North, The National League South season has been brought to a premature end. The season is null and void. Uh, A few clubs have reacted already. Ebb Street United making a statement saying that they were very disappointed uh, by the resolution. Dorking Wanderers have spoken about getting legal action uh, and so on and so forth. Uh, Obviously, this is a massive story and uh, we wish it had broken before we could record this week's show. However, we're still quite pleased with this week's show. It's 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 a good a good chat. So what you're going to hear over the next probably hour is uh, myself and Matt Gerard obviously talking a lot about everything that's going on and and our hopes of of there being a resolution. We didn't realise it would come this soon. And uh, you're also going to hear an interview with Steve McKim, who Tunbridge Angels furloughed their players. Uh, at the start of the week and and he set about making a 16-man squad together to go and face Hemel Hempstead uh, this weekend. Obviously, that game doesn't exist anymore. But the interview with Steve McKim is really interesting uh, and we're still going to play out in full so you can hear it. And he he did say just one game. He just wanted one game to, to see what his team could do. But obviously, they haven't had the chance to do that because the game is off, as are all games in National League North and South. Is this the end of it? I don't think it is. We've still got to see what happens with Dover. As we say, six other teams voted with Dover for the National League season to be null and void. So there's going to be quite some conjecture still to come, I would imagine. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen in terms of, of Dover because they have furloughed their players. Jim Parmenter has said that he won't be uh, playing the youth team or whatever. But that one thing in the resolution or the statement that was made tonight uh, is that there will be no relegation from the National League is, is what we've what we understand is going to happen. Matt Matt will also talk about that during the show as well, uh, that you're about to hear. 
Uh, the only caveat is that the National League Board have said they will take the resolution outcome to the Football Association. It has to be ratified. And this will include the fact that there will not allegedly be any promotion or relegation from the National League or the National League North and South. Uh, what that means for any planned restructures, we do not know. Uh, it hasn't gone down well, the decision, and I can kind of understand that in, in some quarters. Other quarters have obviously welcomed it and, and saying they're ready to prepare for the, for the new season, but... Only time will tell. And we will obviously discuss this in a lot more detail on next week's show. Uh, but for now, as I say, we, we want you to hear this week's show. We, we put a lot into it. We'd love you to hear your thoughts on what Matt's dog's called. You're going to learn all about that as well. Um, but yeah, please um, give the show a listen. And, and we are sorry that it's all come out like this. Uh, but we will give you the full SP on it next week on the show. But here we go. Here is this week's show. And you're going to hear from... Well, me. So uh, thanks for listening, everyone, and uh, I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast, brought to you in association with SCSA Sports Management. It's been quite a week for us. I genuinely never expected this show to be mentioned on BBC Radio 1. But as we record this on Thursday lunchtime, we still don't have any definitive news on the National League. There's certainly plenty of rumour flying about, but nothing official just yet. As always, I'm John Phipps, the man who, when editing last week's show, discovered that I've been wasting about 20 minutes per edit by needlessly converting a file... And on the line now is a man not only responsible for our brush with stardom, but who has, much to a lot of people's surprise, I'm sure, become a dad again this week. Matt Gerrard, how are you? And more importantly, how's the new arrival? Yes, uh, good. Yes, settled in. I've, we've got ourselves a dog, so, um, so which is nice. We've been wanting one for a while, so we've got a dog. So, um, Are you going to tell everyone what the dog's called? Well, we people to guess, shall we? Okay, yeah. If, if you would like to guess, what uh, are you going to give them any clues? Well, it's it's named after a footballer from the very early nineteen nineties. So it's not called any regular no. listeners. So if, if anybody wants to have a guess, and we'll give you the answer next week. If you do know, if you're a friend of mine and you knew name them, know the name, please do not reply. But it's named. It's a female, but it doesn't matter. The name I've given it is a surname of a footballer from the 1990s it's not an English footballer so from the very early 1990s a footballer we've named it after that little Stoichkov bless it little Stoichkov bless it nearly but that's it from there so very early 1990s footballer so but my wife will shorten that name because she doesn't want to explain to everybody the name because not if you like football you'd know but if you don't it's pretty pretty Thing, but I've always wanted the dog with this per- with this person's name. So there you go. Very good. Um, dogs of a, a girl, yeah. Yeah. Were you not outnumbered enough? Uh, well, all I want basically the number thing was that I always wanted the name, so that was my choice on it. And then when they when we saw the puppies, um, it, it was up to them to decide. So all I wanted was the name. So on that basis so yeah so i now live with four women so there you go isn't um having a puppy like a bit like having a newborn don't they say like training it and cages yeah, and we things have, yeah we have got a pram for it so we went for a walk earlier <laughs> and i was so so against taking it out for a pram because my sister-in-law had a dog with a pram and i remember we went to morelli's and i was like holding my head in shame but today when i walked out um i was less shame so i apologize to my sister-in-law who won't listen to this because I, I was so embarrassed when we went out with her dog in a pram, but I've done it this morning, um, and we've had a couple of times we, we, she's caught her wheeze and poos outside, so we've only had her a day, so there's been a few accidents, but we're getting there. Do you think you'll be able to train her to do the toilet quicker than you trained your two children? 
Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> one of these things I want is those when I throw a ball, I want to bring it back. That's one of the excitement. So, I'm not expecting them to do keepy uppies or anything like that. Like, well, we should. You never know. You yeah, never yeah. know what will happen. Yeah. Anyway, it's our 159th episode this week, and that is the lowest score you can be left with in darts that isn't a three-dart checkout. Also, as it feels like it's been in lockdown forever, I thought I'd see what was 159 days ago. And uh, by a huge quirk of fate, if we'd actually recorded this show on Wednesday, as we normally do, it would have been 159 days since my birthday. I went out for a meal and some drinks that night. Does, does anyone remember doing things like that? Crazy, isn't it? I'm so... Well, we seem to be. Are we getting out of it from this? So um, I don't. I've got no idea. So. Uh, um, well, Monday's the big day, isn't it? Monday they're going to announce. I think they're going to put out the roadmap on Monday, and and the latest story that I read last night was that um, hospitality is looking at the end of April, which is not great, but but not uh, not as bad as it could have been. And uh, schools, schools allegedly, and what's up? schools and then non-essential shops and then hospitality after that but the east one air show was cancelled today um so when not surprising august uh, but yeah. fortunately we'll be busy that week anyway regardless of the air show so um just a matter of waiting hair, and seeing I, do my haircut now. Uh, I don't know i'd imagine they might be in the non-essential shops oh, right. Sorry, right. within within six weeks then probably quite possibly yeah Mm-hmm. So, until it all comes back again probably in September October I suppose oh, please don't I just oh, I don't know anyway on with the show uh, and the very latest on the National League scenario the deadline for votes to be cast is the 28th of this month so 10 days away uh, but it is understood that most clubs have voted enough I would say from what I've seen for the results to be known by now uh, Dorking Wanderers owner slash manager Mark White has said that he believes the North and South will be declared null and void uh, while we wait for that to be confirmed a number of clubs are refusing to fill fill fixtures until the results are known and others including three in Kent have put their players on furlough uh, Matt Stover Athletic have gone the whole hog with Andy Hessenthaler and his coaching staff also on furlough uh, Maidstone have done the same with their office staff and Tamra James boss Steve McKim was set the task of finding 16 players to represent his club on Saturday as they travelled to face Hemel Hempstead for nothing uh, he has done that and I was delighted to be able to catch up with him on Tuesday uh, so here is the Angels boss Steve McKim yeah it's been crazy um it's like the whole season, really, with no fans and um, everything that's gone on, postponements and uh, forced enforced breaks. Um, yeah, it's been a strange thing all, all through. And that's for every club, I suppose. But yeah, I've, uh, I've not experienced anything like this at the moment. But like I say, it's here to challenge us all. I've just got to get on with it. Obviously, the club have, have taken the decision to, to furlough all of the players. And you said it was disappointing, but understandable. Yeah, of course. You, you you sign sign a group of players to to complete a season, or hope to complete a season with one or two coming in, one or two going out. Um, but this is like wholesale. Everyone's not everyone that we had pre-season or majority of the pre-season. They won't be with us um, moving forward at this at this time because it's only right. The club we try to work the finances to um, keep us going, um, and it just wasn't feasible for us to pay the wages um, without any funding, without any fans. Um, so it was, a, it was a tough decision, but it's a decision that we had to make in the best interest of the clubs. I've got a great group of players that, like I say, we're always honest with them and they fully understood the reasons behind it. Um, even though they love football and want to play football, 
Um, they they understand it. Um, a couple want to play for nothing, but I've said to them that if they look to move on next year, whether it's our choice or their choice, and they get injured, it could could harm them moving forward. So it, it's been massive. It's been um, it's been difficult. Like I say, it's been difficult. Them conversations are difficult because we know how much the players love playing football. Um, but again, like I say a lot of non-league players play football to earn earn a, earn a keep which helps pay bits and pieces towards their lifestyle. Um, and without that, uh, it could harm some people. That's why the best option was to furlough everybody. I've seen a couple of statements from the club itself, and I always like the comment that they make, that they're just looking after the club for the people of Tunbridge. And this decision just shows that, doesn't it? Yeah, it was a decision that me and the chairman had to come to, and obviously had to be passed by the ball. But Saturday morning, um, after we knew the game was called off, we had a discussion. And just felt that it, it, it was it was something we had to do. Whereas everything's been in decision this season with, with people not making statements. We thought, let's make a statement. Let's show that we can um, get a side out. Listen, our, our, we're a community-owned club. And a vote for our owners have decided to null and void the season. Because it was put out to them because they're owners of the club. And, and that, that's the decision that was made. The reason we've had to furlough the players and get a, a side out is because we don't want to go um, against the leagues who are asking us to fulfil fixtures. Um, there are ways of doing it, um, and we've decided not not everyone's not every club's cup of tea to do it this way. But we've decided that we will get a team now, providing the leagues carrying on um, for Saturday to, to fulfil the fixture against Hemel Hempstead that won't harm our club in the long run. So that meant the furlough of the players and players coming in um, to play for free who who are hungry because they've missed football for God knows how long. Yeah, you've you pulled together a, a squad for Saturday's game and I guess, I suppose obviously not an ideal situation, but it must have been quite, in a way, perverse way, probably fun trying to find these players out. Well, I, I, I had conversations with my assistant Barry that we've got, um, we've done our homework in terms of got our books out and looking at players to come in. We've had plenty of offers from, from some pro clubs as well to take players on, on youth loans, etc. Um, but we've picked a side with position that people have shown interest and we've shown interest in them um, that have come in um, and will hopefully give a good account of themselves. Um, flip side of it, people are going to say that it's not going to be up to the levels of other teams. Well, no one knows that, do they? Let's get it right. Until these boys actually play in a National South game, um, who's to know whether they're going to be able to compete or not? One thing we will be able to say is Tom Ridge Angel's got a team out um, to fulfil a fixture they were asked to do. What sort of player have you got then? Like young ones who want to step up and improve or players that you've had an eye on before? Or, or, or what is it? Or is it a mixture of everything? We've got some young ones. We've got three players from the existing squad that we couldn't furlough because they signed after uh, the 31st of October. So they're, they're still with us. And, and the others, I've got a couple of experienced players in there. Um, I'm not going to show my hand, but I've got a, pl- a player that was playing at this level last year and in the summer got messed about with one thing and another, um, dropped down quite a few leagues, uh, spoke to him, he's going to come in. Um, so it's a few young ones as well that maybe got a point to prove. This, this will hold us in good stead as well because these players, if we get, let's say we might only get one game out, we might get no games because the league might be over tomorrow. We're taking each day as it comes and 
if these boys can play two, three, four games, um, it gives us a chance to have a look at them and maybe put themselves in the shop window for next season, um, whether it's with us or with another club, to show their worth. What's your gut feeling? Do you, do you think the league's going to finish? Uh, yeah, I do. I do. I, th- I think there's a lot of clubs that have uh, decided to finish the season. Um, there's a lot of clubs as well that, and it's, it's their own right. They they do what they have to do for their clubs that are refusing to play any games. Um, all we've done, and it's not to prove a point, it's to prove a point to ourselves and our club that we can get a team to play um, and play games of football that we're asked to do, um, where we didn't need to take a loan out. So these, these boys are coming in to play a game of football. Everyone can do it. If people decide to do it, they do. We decided to do it. Others may not decide to do it, but that's their choice because it's their football club. Um, but considering the league, I don't think it will carry on, um, whether it's this week or next week, if I'm being honest, because um, there's a lot of... Uh, Toing and throwing, a lot of uh, gripes going on um, because there's been no transparency from the outset, and I think that's what a lot of people are annoyed about. It has been a very frustrating season, and I've asked this to a few people. I think I asked Jim Rowe actually if if you'd known in October that this was how it was going to pan out, there's no way this would have started, is there? No, I, I think you'd have had a lot of clubs um, refusing to play because again, it would come to a situation like this where people would have to get a, a, a scratch side, if you like. And that, that's what we've got at the moment, a scratch side. Only time will tell if it's going to be a good, good side. Um, and people wouldn't have put themselves in that position. Uh, the only thing I'm looking at now, and I think, is that the grants we did have, um, with nothing happening with this season, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of waste of money. And let, let, let's make no bones about it. You know, we've, we've had grants. We've been lucky enough to get a grant. Um, as every other club, but them grants have then done what? There's nothing come of the season. So you could say it's been thrown down the drain. I suppose just finally, we obviously have to remember that the bigger picture here and the virus, but it has all just been such a, a difficult season. And for a manager, it must have been an absolute nightmare, the whole lot. Yeah, preparation for games and training and stuff is, is very difficult to do. Um, the... the the, the COVID situation uh, has been um, is dreadful because of obviously you've had deaths and illnesses and, and everything like that. Don't get me wrong. On the football side of it, you know everybody got the protocols from the league. Everybody signed up to play for the league. Um, now that the league are trying to get, or apparently we've got some testing coming in this week or next week um, for the players to have, which is it's there, but it's too late in my opinion. Should have been right at the start. At the end of the day, everyone knew what they were getting into. You know, and as I said to my players from the outset and, and my staff, if you feel that you don't want to come in because of what's going on in, in the world outside of football, don't come in. Nothing will be held against you. When you feel it's right for you to come back in, come back in. You know, no, no, no one's, I won't say holding a gun to someone's head, no one's forcing people to play football. No one's forcing people in anything in life to do while this COVID situation going going on. It's each individual's choices. And you can't put the blame at anybody. It's your choice whether you want to do something or not. Great chat, as always, uh, from Steve. And, and fair play to him for getting a squad together to do what they can. Because as we know, the National League are charging clubs for not fulfilling fixtures. So Angels, who are in a perilous financial position, are doing everything possible to keep afloat, aren't they? 
it's the ultimate football manager. Isn't it? If, if I told you, John, get a squad of 16 players and football manager, how much would you enjoy doing that? Exactly. Well, that's what I said to him. I said, it must be quite fun. And he, I, don't, <laughs> I think he kind of agreed. Uh, well, well, I see that, mate. I think a lot of these clubs will probably be bringing in maybe youth loans or something from football league clubs and players who are probably maybe going to be released, who've got something to prove. So they'll have to do from that. You know, you've got contacts within the game. I presume the um, Isthmian South and Isthmian Premier Clubs will be absolutely raided as well, the players who want to play. So let's see how it goes. But I had a text from Matt Davidson and he said he'll know more about the Hemel players than he will do his own quad when it turns up. So it's it's basically like a glorified pre-season friendly when everybody's tweet finding out information about these players. But it's pretty sad that um, from this point of view, where we've got to, because... I can't believe the league still hasn't made a decision. Um, I got that tweet from Ollie Bayliss saying that the league could be from Mark Mark Wright of Dorking, who's now turned into Donald Trump when he seems to think it, that it goes against him, that it was going to be none and void. Surely if he knows none and void, the league needs to make an announcement. Because surely these clubs doing this work could be completely wasted. I think that was the thing, wasn't it? Steve McKim did say a couple of times in there, I just hope we get one game out of them. And and I think you've hit the nail on the head there, we say about youth loans and things like that. And it's an opportunity. You know, if you were a player who had ambitions of wanting to play at, at National League South level, what a, what a great opportunity. I, I'll be surprised. I imagine Steve McKim's phone was probably ringing off the hook. People saying, I'd like to have a go. Um, I think when he when I texted him, he might have thought I wanted to go, but you know, obviously, uh, I can't I can't travel to Hemel on Saturday. It's a bit far for me. But in all seriousness, it, it is an opportunity, and and these sixteen players, whoever they are on on Saturday, have got an opportunity to stake their claim to be part of Tommy Jane's squad for next season. Yeah, well, I, I think it's a real, real. You know, put yourself in the shop window from some of these players. I see a few from AFC Wimbledon, I'll pursue other clubs, local clubs. You know, and see what you can do. I don't know how how easy it is to gel a side of 16 players. When I do that in Championship Manager, I normally lose about the first 10 games. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. But again, you get, these footballers probably have got a good upbringing from, if they're coming from that sort of system. They know how it works. And as we've probably said before, it's not rocket science. If you tell, the manager tells you what you do, you go and do it. But I just hope if, they, if this is the way forward, that some of these results aren't going to be absolutely crazy or certain sides are absolutely pummeling other sides because of this. But why, again, I just still can't get why, why we're, we're sitting here probably a month later, John, still got in absolutely nowhere. Unless they're waiting for a decision on Boris on Monday and it says, oh, we expect crowds going in or something, events by May. And then they're all going to say, oh, well, we'll get it, we'll be okay then. I've got no idea. It's well, I was, I was told last weekend, and we did share this, I did share this conversation with you, that there is a suspicion they might be waiting for the announcement to see what happens on uh, on Monday. If there is an announcement saying crowds might be allowed back in, might that give them a chance of, of getting something done? So maybe the National League are keeping their powder dry. Maybe they know the result of the vote, but they're waiting to see on Monday. Because if, if and this is a massive if, but if he says, I think non-league football could start with crowds at the end of March, then the National League have got a decision to make. But what crucially has got to happen is the National League have got to uh, show some balls and make that decision rather than going through this whole process again and leaving it another God knows how long before they make the decision. But it, if something were said, then 
something that c- could happen. There could be a way that the full league gets back, but it, it's got to be with crowds, isn't it? Well, it's got to be with crowds. Otherwise, um, there's no money coming in as well from that point of view. So, but again, if you do that from if you're not if, if it can go in from Friday the first of April, even though I, I don't expect him to um, maybe announce non-league high up on the agenda on Monday, we still need. It's still going to take a lot of time to finish the season if that's the case. So it just seems ludicrous. If, oh, if, if Mark White, who does seem to know a great deal about this, he said it's null and void. Why haven't the league announced null and void? Uh, again, you know, we've been, everybody's been critical of the National League, but surely it's got to go from here. I see Darlington have been charged without fulfilling the fixture. I presume Dover have got a letter as well coming to them this week, or they would have after Tuesday and Saturday. So about this, but it's it's an absolute farce. It's going to turn into a more legal farce because Mark White of Dorking, as I mentioned, doesn't get his own way. He's going to put legal up as well. So we're never going to get anywhere. No, oh, and, and there's all this debate as well. Mark, Mark White, I know, has said, if let's let the clubs who want to play, play. And I, I do kind of see that. I have suggested that as, as a solution in other levels. But then that's just not fair, is it? It's just, it's just It just doesn't make any sense to me. And what would they do? Would they start from scratch? Would Welling be like, if Welling want to play on, be like, right, you're no points, Welling, good luck. You know, it would just make everything that's happened so far an absolute waste of time. And I think... You know, they started this season. Yes, they started it with different intentions that, than than they currently now have. But it, it's got to be all or nothing as far as I'm concerned. And I'm a bit, you know, I find it a bit tough when you've got one lot of people saying one thing and one lot saying another. And everyone is in it for themselves. I'm pretty sure if Dorking were penniless and bottom of the league, Mark White wouldn't be wanting this to continue. But because Dorking are top of the league and, and they're in quite a good situation, they want it to continue. And, and I can see that point of view. I can see the point of view of people who are in that situation and those who probably are making a fair money off their stream. And I can understand why people want to keep going. But you've got to look at the bigger picture and, and that's what no one is doing. What I don't understand, his argument was, if he didn't carry on, he'd have to make staff redundant. Surely you put them on the furlough scheme. Well, that's another another point, and, and this is something that I've actually got written down on my notes that I want to discuss. But there's been a few people, if you look at uh, comments on social media, uh, I had a conversation with a, a chairman of a, of a lower league club myself on social media about the validity of what these clubs have done by putting these players on furlough. Uh, there are some suggestions that this isn't what the furlough scheme was made for that it wasn't done like that I personally couldn't can see both arguments and and in terms of the the part-time players like Tunbridge Angels it is a a, a real um interesting one Stephen Kimsey said there you know there are players who depend on that money and I completely get that that they budget for that money so therefore it makes perfect sense to do that but I've seen some people saying well this club can operate by playing football that is their source of operation so surely they're not eligible for the furlough scheme but my point to that is but they've got no income from the football so therefore they should be eligible for the furlough scheme have you got any thoughts on that one Matt? Well, it's, it's, again it's this situation when I was furloughed I'd have been annoyed if the company had employed somebody to do my job for free I suppose would I be annoyed I don't know well there must be ways around it and they're and they're and they're, and they're doing it this way what part I don't agree with is, is this like the Barrows and the Chesterfields who are furloughing players who clearly they don't want anymore. Yeah, that is that is a, 
shocking that, that, decision. That, 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 that is that is wrong. using it. Yeah, that that is just basically getting players they don't want off the wage bill through a loophole. But for Tunbridge Angels, they had to make that decision. And Dover Athletic as well, with no income, they could not afford the the, the club. If they had to keep playing the players as they are, those clubs would be at risk of insolvency. And they are not playing the system. They are doing what they have to do to try and survive as a football club. Yeah, the ones who are furloughing players who they don't like the look of to get them off the wage wheel, that is absolutely shocking. And that should be stamped out. That is that is appalling. But for your Dovers, your Maidstones, your Tunbridge Angels, that decision has been made for the future of the club and all the people who work at it and all the people who who support the club and and I said to Steve McKeon there and, and I've said I said this last week on the show Tunbridge Angels that the people running that club are always very keen to say this isn't our club this is the town's club we're just looking after it so therefore they've got to do what they can to keep the club going yeah well I, I think it's the right decision um again they shouldn't be put in this situation with the league saying they're going to do it and there's a lot of clubs who are going to say that we better put fixtures out and I hope I hope it doesn't come down to this. If they carry on, there's one team that has to win 6-0 on the final game of the season. They're playing kids and they do it because that will turn into a fast. But I admire Tunbridge Angels. They've been put in a difficult situation by playing the league. And, and again, they want it. they've worked so hard to get the conference out. They don't want to be relegated to divisions or whatever it could be with the sanctions to do it. So I admire that. From that. Some part of me thinks that maybe from a Dover point of view, they could play their academy boys but when you think of what Jim Parman has said to, to get to an average away game from Dover you know you, you all can't go up in your own cars or in a minibus you're looking at £2,000 so Dover got a lot of away games to pay so mm. there's still a lot of money to get involved in that and maybe insurance is a is still an issue so and but, I suppose it's also a, another level up isn't it so the, in terms of the players having a go like like we said there, there, there's an opportunity for players to, to, to impress at Tunbridge Angels in the National League, it is another step up, and there, and we know that. And I think that the situation for Dover is completely different because, as well, the situation with Dover is that they are full-time players, so that that is their income. They are professional footballers; that is all they do. And the, the club has said on this show we can't afford to play them, and and that is 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 part of the problem. And funny enough, we were talking about playing new teams and stuff. It reminded me of. Uh, that day, or oh, a few years ago now, but I did look it up. It was uh, 2009, seemingly, when uh, Weymouth had to, all of a sudden on the day, announce that they were playing their youth team and they lost 9-0 uh, at home to Russian and Diamonds. And I remember that day quite well because I was back at, um, I, I was I was working at the time and, and we heard a bit of uh, rumour about it. And I think a couple of people put some money on it and um, and it was like, well, the odds are quite good and, and you you know, it would have been a close game, but then obviously Weymouth plunged in, into crisis. And I, I do wonder, actually, I, and I don't know this, I was just looking at the names in that Weymouth team, see if any of them actually became half-decent footballers in their in their career. But awful situation, and that's not what we want, is it? No, no, no you can't turn it into a fire. I think Weymouth had to withdraw from the league today at that time. Oh, I don't know why. So, no, I think they had money problems, didn't they? Gary Hill was there, I think it was. It all went a bit pear shape from that so yes um i just it's just got to make a decision we clearly know the national league is carrying on that seems to be the consensus we've said all along that'll be carrying on and i don't know how they're going to do it the sanctions will be clearly there's more well from what people say and the king's limb man said 
there's more about five or six clubs who don't want to carry on. And apparently King's Lynn are one of them. Dover was supposed to be playing King's Lynn at the weekend. Surely King's Lynn could have come out in solidarity with Dover if they don't want to carry on. Because clearly they wanted to play against Knox County because they'll get a load of streaming. And that's income for them. Mm. As they've got Dover on Saturday, should my Dover there, come out in solidarity saying, yeah, we agree with Dover. We're not willing to send anybody down. So both from there. But clearly they haven't done that yet. And they might not do. But their chairman did say, well, we've been told we're not going to Dover. So is there now clubs thinking, right, or Dover hope that more clubs would come out in solidarity with them and other clubs are backing down? That's the difficulty, isn't it? I, I think, uh, and I know that the the way, um, I know that the Kings Lynn chairman was on, um, was talking after that game midweek and he was saying, you know, we don't want to play. But yeah, very strange that they didn't, that they've left Dover hanging, I suppose, on Saturday. Yeah, they could have, they could have come out and said that. I don't know when, I think there's quite a few midweek games coming up. So, unless they know that what the thing will be, David, will David get devoted two leagues? One. But again, Jim Parmenter as well, we mentioned legality. I think he's mentioned in a report as well in the Kent Online that he, you know, he's willing to go to court as well on this. So this is just going to get messier and messier as it goes on. And surely there seems to be some needs to be some decision making from the National League of what's going on. Um, because if, if if there is a whiff on Monday when Boris says hopefully sporting events in front of 500, we might be led by the 1st of April or the 1st of May. People are going to say, oh, we've got to carry on now, aren't they? So we're just going round and round in a very long circle. And, and the problem will be with that, if they say crowds from the 1st of April, for example, how are your Dovers, your Tunbridge Angels, everyone supposed to get through to that point? That That's the problem, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Could Dover furlough their players till then, then come back out on the... 31st of March and then play about 30 games in about 30 days, isn't it? Or, or would they be forced to play those games and because they, they couldn't they couldn't possibly say, well, well, we're not playing until this crowd's back in. And even then, it's not going to be, even if they do say that, it's not going to be the normal sort of crowds you would get at Crabble, is it? No, I wouldn't. Yeah, I, I, again, I can't believe there's going to be any crowds in anywhere until... The, um, I think they were talking about a test event for the Carabao Cup, didn't they, somewhere? I read somewhere, but yes, come on, come on, National League, just give a decision on the North and the South. And clearly, I think the only team we haven't seen anybody publicly, and of course, what they say publicly and what they do with the vote could be completely different. So this statement could be right. I think the only team who hasn't acknowledged something is Braintree. So, and again, looking at Braintree, financial problems they had, I I'm maybe putting mouth, words in the mouth of their chairman, I don't believe they would want to continue. So surely, if that vote is in, enough for the resolution, whatever it is, one, if they're going to do it, they have to, the National League needs to come out with a statement here. But clearly they haven't, and it's just getting more and more of a farce. Unless, you know, we, we Steve McKinnon's view, he doesn't think it's going to finish. So he, he wants one game, but this time next week, we could be still waiting on the same thing here. And the thing is, I'm just looking at the last thing that uh, good old Ollie Bayless put out about this, which was actually at the back end of last week. Um, But it looks to me like the resolution one clubs vote on the fate of their own step. I've got a feeling that's going to struggle to get through because looking at the at the numbers of votes that they've got here, six confirmed in National League North um, as being in favour of that. 
and only five in the National League South. Now, that to me raises a question. If that doesn't get passed, then this is, this all changes, doesn't it? Because then the divisions will be in together, and it will be all or nothing. Then. And it and it and it will end up going on. So it is. It, it's still up in the air, even despite people saying what they're expecting. And probably any minute now there will be a decision. Probably before I've had a chance to put this out, but it's st- it, and it is ridiculous that we are still in this situation so far along. So far along, and we had this last season. I said, you know, they rushed the decision last season, and I think that, that they're paying the price for that now. Why didn't they? What they should, if they were going to make the decision last year, why didn't they then set out? Oh, just in case, let's put something in place for next season. But they didn't think of that, did they? They don't seem to think of the bigger picture in the National League. No. I'm just, I just don't know where they're going to go out of this if they do it. There's going to, basically, what we found out, there's going to be legal, legal legality all over this. That's the correct word. From whatever. If the, the 40 team, the... 20, if we go 33 teams want to carry on, 33 you don't, it's just going to carry on and we're never going to get anywhere And from that. So they need to make a decision. So what you're saying is certain clubs are not voting for resolution one, hoping that the big boys help them through. I would imagine so. As I say, I'm just going off uh, off the, the, the tweet that I saw, but bear in mind, because that one's on the um, crazy rules that the National League have, whereby it has passed by 75%, that doesn't look to me like that's going to get through. And then that's where it's going to be all sorts of problems because I, I think that we're going to end up clubs in the North and South are going to be at risk. And I think they need to look at it and they need to say, well, we need to make a contingency plan to make sure we have got divisions next season, because that is where the problem is going to lie. I think we're in all sorts of strife when it comes to that. Yeah. Well, I think we're in all sorts of strife anyway. <laughs> well, that's true. Uh, there needs to be, the National League, just put our statement, we still, just say we've had 85% of the clubs through, we're waiting on 100%. Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, there has to be some sort of communication. And and, and I've even seen like, a lot of people, Matt, replying to tweets saying, surely the sponsors of the National League must be pretty embarrassed by this. And, you know, the, the National League have got to think of the future of their brand. They, they've always had the attitude of, oh, we want to be like Division, F- whatever it is, League 4, Division 5. But sometimes you just need to show a little bit of leadership and, and that leadership is sadly lacking at the, at the very top of the National League. And until that's sorted out, they can't expect to be, uh, to be held in the, the esteem that they want to be held. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, some people probably still call it the, the um, Vauxhall Conference. Yeah, Vauxhall Conference. Yeah, but it's, yeah, Banarama, um, I don't know how their business is doing in renting cards or cards out, but... Yeah, it's it's not looking good on them, but there just needs to be a little bit. Come on now, just even if you offer us a little bit of tidbit of saying, right, this is where we are at the moment. We appreciate the time on this, but and then sending out all these things that clubs have been charged left, right, and centre, it, it just doesn't just doesn't make any sense, and it's it's getting ridiculous. And you know, two weeks ago I thought, oh, we would have a thing by next week, but I've got no idea when this is going to end, John. And I hope. And I'm sure this weekend, if teams, some teams are forced to play on, there will be some sort of big score and everybody's going to look at it and think, where the hell have we got to this situation from? 
Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, let's hope it doesn't involve one of our teams anyway. Uh, there were some games uh, played, believe it or not, uh, in the National League. Bromley was supposed to be playing at Wheelstone on Saturday. That one was called off, Matt, but that was due to a frozen pitch uh, rather than uh, someone not wanting to play. And then Bromley played on Tuesday night and a disappointing result for them as they were beating 1-0 at Dagenham, um, which if you were still looking at the league table objectively as a, as a fan, Matt, Dagenham winning was not a great result for you? And Barnet winning, no. So we're back. We're back bottom of the league. So when we when we play our thirty-four games in five days, <laughs> with me up front in four of them, we may be struggling. Absolutely. Uh, Bromley are, spoke, are at home to Mainhead on Saturday, and then travel to Bro- uh, Boreham Wood on Tuesday night. Uh, as Matt's already said, Dover supposed to be at home to Kings Lynn on Saturday. That game has been called off. Uh, still penciled in Woking against Dover on Tuesday night, but obviously Dover have said they are not fulfilling fixtures, so I'd imagine that one will be uh, going in the same direction. Your, your source at Dover, Matt, anything going on at all, or is it all just, nope, you furloughed, that's that? Furloughed, that's that, and I don't, unless there's, unless I win the Euro Millions tomorrow and put money into the club um, to do it, unless there's you know, somebody else, some Prince Charming or something who's going to give them loads of money, I, I think Dover are done. And I expect Dover, I'm thinking more often that Dover, I think they'll be relegated to the south by the league, even if the league is no relegation in, on that basis. Because I don't think they'll put them in the Ryman because the league, um, they, they need to keep the numbers up. They don't want to lose any more numbers. So I expect Dover to be relegated some way or the league will force them to be relegated, then it'll all kick off. Yeah, it's it's a, I don't know. It's just an absolute farce of a situation from from top to bottom. But then you do say, Matt, the league might relegate Dover. That would involve them making a decision, and uh, I think we've seen several times that they're pretty much incapable of that. Uh, in the National League South, there were two games on Saturday involving our teams. Uh, Welling were hammered at Dorking five nil. Uh, Ebb Street had a two-one win at Haven. Then on Tuesday night, uh, those two Kent clubs met, and after those results, you may have thought it would go one way, but it didn't. It went the other way. An absolute thriller at Parkview Road ended. Welling United four, Ebb Street United three. A great result for Steve Lovell, who, having been director of football at Ebb Street this time last year, must have been cock a hoop uh, to record his first wing win in charge of the wings. Yeah, good result. That striker, they had that striker all season. I can't remember his name. The, uh, the, the, he's been around, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've heard his name, and he apparently he's he's one to look out for as a, a decent player. So I think it's a good result for Welling. Um, why Welling are playing? Look at it, but fair play to them. And Steve Lovell's, a, you know, a good bloke. Got him a good result against Ebbsfleet. You think Ebbsfleet getting where? Great result with nine men against Haven. Then back to then back to um, back to the earth with a bump with a defeat against Welling. But I think. Um, Good to see the game was on and a good result for Welling and I'm pleased with Steve Lovell. Yeah, I'm delighted for Steve Lovell. And yes, uh, Dippo Akinyemi, who did get two of the goals, has been at Welling for, for more than a year, actually. So, uh, yeah, I he's, think he's uh, not a bad player. No, he's not. I, I remember, I think I saw him uh, play when they played at Eastbourne last season when they lost... Uh, 2-0 and they didn't play very well that day but he was a bit of a bright spark so yeah, yeah definitely one to keep an eye on there and, and you know Steve Lovell is going to get the best out of a striker I would imagine and, and he's proved that before so uh, certainly one to keep an eye on uh, in the coming weeks uh, fixtures this weekend uh, Welling was supposed to be playing Bath at home. Bath not fulfilling fixtures. So Welling are very quickly now arranged to go to Hungerford uh, on Saturday. Ebb Street at home to Dorking 
uh, Maidstone against Dulwich Hamlet. Uh, don't think that one's going to happen somehow, but that one is uh, scheduled to be played on Saturday. Uh, and then on Tuesday night, Dartford at home to Oxford, Maidstone at home to Chippenham and the Kent Derby uh, well against Tunbridge Angels if these games go ahead. I mean, th- th- for me, I think the possibility is if on Monday... It, they come out and say there's no chance of fans at all this season, then I think the wheels might move into motion very quickly on Monday, but we shall see uh, what happens. So some big games there if they get played, but everything at the moment is just tainted. It, it almost feels like this is some sort of parallel universe where these football games are happening, but the rest of the world is, 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 is kind of stopped. And I, and I find that I do find that really strange. And, you know, it doesn't feel like a proper season in many ways. It feels like teams are just going through the motions playing these fixtures because they have to rather than it, it's non-league football. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah I, I think, yeah, it's you look at I look at, you know, I love knowing the scores in every single week of what's going on. But clearly I'm thinking, are any of these scores actually going to matter in anything? Um, and that's not right when you look at that. So until this goes out of the way of where we're going, there needs to be a decision made and pretty quick so we can go from there. But yeah, it's just, I did read that somewhere the Dorking people thought about setting up a mini tournament yeah. off with all these ones. I'm thinking, you madness. <laughs> York and Dorking will be playing. In a, but I well, that's what the bloke at Gloucester wants, isn't he? And, and he says they're very happy to, ho- to ho- uh, host that tournament. So, who knows? Um, there, not a lot going on in the Eastman League. There was a, a, a FA update uh, at the back end of last week. Uh, I'll just very quickly whip through the statement. The FA have written to all step three to six clubs with an update. Um, the Alliance Committee and Leeds Committee met on the 8th and 9th of February to discuss the data that was collected from a recent survey circulated to clubs. During discussions, the committee acknowledged the likelihood that the Prime Minister will set out a roadmap to the nation on 22nd of February as to how the government intend to begin to reduce the current restrictions. Given that any such update from the government on that date may provide committees with additional relevant information to help determine the preferred route forward, they have agreed to reconvene after this date. In addition, the Alliance Committee is also conscious of the ongoing process in the National League are undertaking and the potential impact this could have on any actions that committee may choose to take so basically uh, they are keep they, they are waiting for Monday but they're also saying if the National League say there's no relegation which I don't think there will be they're not going to bother um, that seems to be the thing and, and this is the other thing the National League have got a responsibility to those further down the pyramid to to step up and, and man up and make these decisions and um, we're not going to keep talking about that but that is uh, the way that, it, that it's got to be hasn't it yeah I cannot believe that maybe could we have an argument soon that the um Step three, are going to say, right, we're going to get going as well then? Or is it you think that's done? I don't know. The only thing is going to be if the National League say, right, we have decided we're still going to go through with our restructure and we want teams for next season. And then that is when the the league has to, uh, and those other leagues at that level have to decide, right, well, we've got to provide you with some teams and then they've got to find a way to to decide those teams. I've made my view on that clear, I think. Points per game is the way to go. If it's two season points per game, then so be it. But I think that they can fill those gaps. And, and I mean, also a, a little bit of a, you know, do you want to be promoted? There might be teams who don't want to be promoted that way. Who would say, no, we we don't think with the current situation, we can afford to, to go up that level. Let someone else go. But I think they've got, if they get told to find clubs, then they'll have to find a way. But I don't think that'll be by playing football. No, yeah. So, oh, it's such a mess. It is. Uh, very quickly, guys. My house will be with this puppy in the next Wales week, isn't it? <laughs> um, 
very quickly going to say hello to Nigel Jones, who's a big Welling fan, uh, who actually messaged me uh, about five minutes ago while we were recording this, just to ask if there was a, if we were doing a show this week. I've replied and said we're recording right now, uh, but Nigel's not long not long found the uh, the podcast, and he's, and he's a big fan. So hello, Nigel. Hope you're well and uh, enjoy the game uh, if it gets played. Uh, against uh, Tom and Angels on Tuesday. I'm going to quickly talk about Hollands and Blair in the scaffold. Um, I did put a call in to their manager, Simon Halsey, this morning, but I uh, didn't get anyone, unfortunately. Um, but Hollands and Blair, as you may recall, uh, had a bit of a to-do with their FA Cup tie against Burgess Hill uh, back in October. Was that when we were playing yeah. football? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, whereby there were reports of cases in, in the Burgess Hill camp uh, and after hearing that, despite assurances from the Sussex club that they were fine to play, Hollands and Blair took the decision not to travel to the game. Uh, as a result of that, they were knocked out of the competition and they were given uh, £481 for losing that tie. Uh, subsequently, they were charged by the FA uh, for um, an alleged breach of FA Cup Rule 7F. Uh, and there has been a a statement sorted out this was this was at the start of last week uh, the club received written confirmation of the fa cup subcommittee's ruling uh, and the, the committee said having given all the evidence before them due consideration including the club's admission of the charge the members found the charge of a breach of fa cup rule 7f proven in so much that hollands and blair fc had failed to fulfill the above match in breach of competition rules a uh, decision is final and binding meaning there's no possibility of an appeal uh, the outcome was that hollands and blair must repay the 481 pounds that they were received uh, and were warned as to their future conduct uh, burgess hill as well as getting through and getting the money through, are going to receive £250 to offset any expenses they had uh, to try and get the game on. Uh, Hollands and Blair say their executive committee met via Zoom to consider the decision, agreed that although the decision was to not play the game was made with the best interest of the health and safety of our players and coaching staff in mind, they nevertheless accept and will be bound by the FA's finding. And I I think that's a really disappointing uh, finale to an absolute farce, to be honest, for Hollands and Blair, because they didn't feel safe to go and play that game and they were told, right, well, you're out then. Whereas we've seen as we've gone further on in the competition, Aston Villa played their youth team against Liverpool, no sanctions. Uh, and Southampton and Shrewsbury, that game was put back 10 days and, and Hollands and Blair were never afforded that option. And I think that's really poor form that it seems to be one rule for one and, and one rule for the others. Nothing would surprise me in anything with the organisation, the FA on that. Hollands and Blair, I think, did the right decision ridiculous amount why they've got charged with that so if anything comes from out of this it's the workings of football should make it a little bit easier for things to go on and the committees come on let's let's be a little bit sensible in any decision we're making we made it's very easy to knee jerk them turned up do it from there but i think they made the right decision not to turn up and you mentioned those other other cases as well yeah it does seem ludicrous because if yeah and the thing, the stupid thing is, is £481 to Hollands and Blair, it's nothing to anyone in the Premier League. It's nothing to anyone even in the in the Football League. But 481 quid to a scaffold team is a lot of money. And, yeah. you know, I feel really sorry for them because, you know, that they they earned that money by getting through to that game. You know, they, they had earned that money on the pitch and then made a decision in the middle of a pandemic to try and protect people's health and they get penalised that money that they've earned, fair and square. And I, I think that really, 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 there's just something wrong about that, isn't it? Well, let's say the organisation, the structure, certain things are, are all wrong in this. And let's say after all this is all over, there can be a look at it of 
maybe get younger, fresher ideas on the boards and these things and have a little bit of common sense in the current situation we're and in. And I think as well, they need to change the FA Cup prize money as well because the, the prize money for getting through to the third and fourth round is is big money, but it's fairly small cash to the to the clubs. Whereas I think if they made gave a bit more money to teams for winning through in the in the earlier rounds, that would be a much better way of doing it. I think they, they've got to find a way. You know, wh- why should it only be what a couple of grand for getting through to that level when they could easily afford to stretch that to 10 and that would be better for the integrity of the competition as well if you ask me uh, but anyway uh, that's pretty much it for the football chat um elsewhere in the world the, the beard's gone matt i had my first shave um, in about three and a half months this morning did, uh did you do you wet shave or do you electric electric was there loads of hair like all over the sink no because i've got one of those like sort of barber shop uh cape things that i that i do oh, to right, avoid right. uh to avoid that but yeah there was a lot so of hair you're, so you're freshly shaven now yeah yeah do you feel why why was this why was that it's just I, I genuinely looked ridiculous oh, right. uh it was all i was doing was sitting and sort of just grabbing onto it and fidgeting with with the beard and i was just like it's, it's getting to stage uh, how, and, and how give it give the, the bit of uh, to the listeners a bit of thing how was it like um Uncle Albert and Fools and Horses style? No, it wasn't quite there. Um, but it was, it was, it was moderate actually. I tell you what, have you got your phone there? Well, I've got my phone here. Right, I'm going to send you a picture of what right, I looked like this morning. Right. Okay. Did you have a before and after shot, did you? No, I've only just got the um, just the before. In fact, the one I've just sent you is from last night, so you can describe how ridiculous it looked. Um, you should oh, have yes, it now. It was, uh, a bit like, uh, remember, do you watch to watch the program Lost? Uh, no, I, I watched a bit of it, but a long there's time. There's a guy in there who, who had a sort of a beard like that, which because it doesn't join at the sides, John, does it? No, that's the problem. It's, exactly, that, that, yeah, that, it's, it's like, uh, yeah, it's getting out. It would have been not bad, um, Uncle Al, but yeah, it doesn't. You know, yeah, if you could join it at the sides, it'd look a bit thing, but it's it's decent bushiness around the sides. So yeah, and I think it's a good decision to get rid of it. But, I, I, know, I know you're losing your barnet, but. Do you need your haircut as well? Yeah, I do. Yeah, it's, uh, it's starting to get a bit long now. So uh, yeah, uh, but I can I can cope with that. Um, but the final straw for the beard really was Haley saying that I looked ridiculous, and I thought that was the uh, the, the the final straw. But then I, I, when I shaved, I was like, oh god, I, look, I do look weird. So um, you look yeah, younger, though. yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, but I mean, I'm quite baby faced anyway. People wouldn't believe how old I am, Matt. If, um, you know, when, when they see me, oh, I think I look quite young still. Um, but yeah, even without the beard, I do look even younger. So uh, yeah, there we go. Um, Your face be really cold now, do you think? I don't know. I wear a mask anyway. Anyway, I don't go. I don't go far, do I? So um, anything else going on? I, I meant to mention this last week, and I completely forgot. And Hody, if you're listening, you'll be like a proud grandparent. I watched the Super Bowl last week. Um, I, I've always been one of those people who just like, oh, yeah, don't don't really like American football, too many breaks and things. But I actually sat down, I had my phone with me, and I looked up some of the rules and what they were trying to do. And I, actually having a basic understanding of it, I quite enjoyed it. And I, I, I think, you know, I'm not going to be, I'm not just going to, when I see that the NFL is on, I'm not just going to scoot by it. I might actually take a little bit of an interest in it. It's actually quite an interesting tactical game. It's just a bit stop-start. Well, I have been to that stadium anyway. I have been to the, where they had the final because I have walked around that stadium. I've probably said that before. And we stood on the um, pirate ship and they allowed us to ring the bell. Nice. 
we sort of t- we turned up at the stadium and that's what, what basically what we did. So when we were in um, Tampa, so yeah, so a bit of excitement there. But no, I'm not really into that. I've been watching a bit of cricket. Cricket's been good. Getting up in the morning. Oh, but, oh, yeah, Coy was brilliant in the week, wasn't it? Coy was so good. Yeah. So again, I, I do like, like a bit of cricket, but you know, changing the team around doesn't really think. Well, I see the next one starts at nine o'clock. Yes, yeah, a day so, night test. All day night test, so all day, whatever it will be. Yep. I am back to work next week, so um, oh, shame. I won't, I'll miss a bit of that. But, um, but yeah, yeah, it's a day nighter. Well, I haven't been watching much on the telly. What have I watched? Uh, oh, I watched um, White House Farm. Did you watch that one? Oh, that was last year. Yeah, that was that was good. That good. They were very good. Very good. Well, that's on Netflix. So we found that and watched that. So that's been good. But we have been going to bed too early, and we'll be going to bed again to try and get some sleep with the dog. I expect tonight. Yeah, d- d- does the dog wake up in the night or what? We've only had it one night uh, and it, it, it howled a little bit, then it was okay. But so we had about 20 minutes of howling, then it went to sleep. So, um, has um, as as the dog t- 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 obviously the girl's absolutely besotted, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Has the dog, uh, has there been a moment yet where the dog's kind of looked and gone, oh dear? <laughs> but do you think uh, the no. dog's happy? Yeah, 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 exactly. I think, yeah, I think it's going to be spoiled. Um, this person's the dog's name. Has anybody guessed? Maybe the guy from Welling could guess what the dog's name's called. Yeah. Go, go back to the dog's name. Do you think it's a cool name? Um, no. I discussed these things obviously with with the boss here, and she said it was ridiculous. I, I think it's. I think it's a cool name for a dog, but I don't like the shortening that your that your wife's gone for. I, I think it's all or nothing. No, no. For me, it's I will shout that dog's name when it comes back to us. If it comes back to me, so yeah. Good. Did your wife know the, the name of this person who's named after? No. 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 Of course not. She didn't care about football then. She doesn't care about football now. Exactly, so, yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, just finally, Matt, uh, it's Lent. Uh, I know you're a big fan of giving stuff up. But what have you gone for this year? Nothing. Hmm? Nothing. I haven't done anything this year. Uh, I've gone for giving up going out to restaurants and pubs. Uh, that's a good idea, mate. Yeah. Yeah. I've given up. Li- I've given up li- listening to committees on football clubs. <laughs> things out. I think for that for the next forty days. Technically, technically, you've given up Dover Athletic. Yeah, I've given up Dover Athletic. Cho- it wasn't your choice. Hopefully but... not. For, hopefully less. Well, yeah, for forty days, and well, hopefully a lot long. Not, not, it'll be out of that. It could be a lot longer than forty days, isn't it? So, but um, yeah, we we'll just have to wait and see what goes on, really. Yeah. So, when will the next time I watch a football match? I don't really know. So. No, exactly. Anybody watch a football match apart from being on the telly? So I know you're watching a couple this afternoon. Well, that is true. I guess two of them uh, starting at five. But there you go. Uh, anyway, thank you everybody for listening to this week's show. Don't forget you can get in touch with us on social media on Twitter at Kent L Podcast. You can find us on Facebook as well. Uh, we are at just search for Kent Only Podcast on Facebook. Uh, I'm at John Phipps eighty one. Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. Feel free uh, to let him know what you think his dog may be called uh, by uh, by getting in touch with him or or the podcast on Twitter. We'd love to hear from as many of you as possible, and we will give you the answer to the name of the dog next week. Maybe even next week it might make an appearance by running across and Matt having to discipline it during the show which is my dream I was, I was hoping that that would happen today uh, but unfortunately not quite yet uh, thank you everybody for listening thanks to uh, Steve McKim as well and good luck to his uh, crack team that he's put together for their game at Hemel Hempstead on Saturday and uh, we will speak to you all next week on the Ken Only podcast Woof! get down get down dog get down that was me acting there John <laughs>